It is 11.04 here on a Wednesday. Big day yesterday in Kansas City. Big day in KCK. Big day in Johnson and Wyandotte County because it was election day. And I got to tell you, I got out of the movie theater and immediately when I got home, I just turned on the local news Mm -hmm. and it was just like... I love election night. There's just something about the excitement of election night. I have been tied up until about 8.30 or so last night and had been kind of out of commission for a while and away from Twitter. And maybe that was a good thing because then by the time I looked at Twitter, we were getting final results instead of just kind of the anticipation all through the day. But yeah, if you missed it, uh, the single terminal plan wins in KC Mo by a vote of 75 to 25 percent, which is astounding. But there were a couple of other surprises that we want to talk about, um, not just on the KCMO ballot, but elsewhere around the metro. We bring in the Kansas City Stars, Dave Helling, because Dave was probably, I'm going to bet, Dave, you didn't get a lot of sleep last night, did you? <laughs> Actually, it was over a little quicker than we thought it was going to be. <laughs> I think a lot of us thought that the airport thing would go into the wee hours, but it was over early. I mean, when the Northland vote started coming in, and it was two to one in favor of the new terminal it was pretty clear that it was going to pass overwhelmingly so i got some sleep more than i anticipated i guess you know it's funny because when we went to when jamie went to a meeting uh, a town hall meeting in the northland it seemed as if the impression was it was 90 10 against the airport why do you think the northland flipped so much in favor of or at least maybe not flip but showed up better for the new single terminal well let's say we'll, we'll spend some time trying to figure that out mike uh, my guess is Part of uh, part of the reason for the uh, vote north of the river is the uh, heavy labor concentration. A lot of labor union guys, construction guys, who are looking forward to jobs at the new terminal uh, might have turned out to vote yes. Um, I, I do think that there is some, in Clay and Platte County, there is some sort of pro- proprietary feeling about the airport, that it sort of belongs to the Northland, and for that reason there may have been more support. Uh, a good campaign, uh, and and you know I think this is true both north and south of the river. It's not clear to me why a lot of people would vote no, other than some sentimental attachment to the airport. You know, my guess is a lot of people rolled out of bed yesterday in Kansas City and said, well, I don't really fly. It doesn't really mean that much to me. I'm not attached to the airport. Therefore, I won't go to the polls. Whereas the people who who wanted to change were very energetic about their support and had some reason to go. So I think all of that mixed in together explains the margin that we saw yesterday. Dave, can you talk about voter turnout? Um, 20% pleasantly surprised me and how that might have affected the outcome. Yeah, again, I was, uh, as I am on most of this stuff, Jamie, completely wrong because I think a lot of people thought a low turnout would actually help the supporters of the terminal, again, because they're more motivated than the no votes. But a 20% turnout is very healthy in an off-year election in which nothing else was on the ballot. It does show that the people of Kansas City, I think, were paying close attention to the arguments over the airport. Certainly, we made the, we talked about it a lot in the newspaper, and I'm sure on your show and other places. And so I do think there was just more energy than we anticipated uh, for a new terminal out there. I mean, I don't think... You know, I th- I think there was a general consensus in the closing days that it would pass, but there isn't a person in Kansas City who thought it would pass 3-1, to one, which turned out to be the margin. Dave Helling from the Kansas City Star joining us here on 98.1 KMBZ. When you spoke with, you know, members with Jermaine Reed, Quentin Lucas, Sly James, Jolie Justice, members of the council who are on the pro side, do you think there was a point where they thought, boy, we're in trouble? Well, I do think, I don't think they ever thought, 
they were necessarily in trouble on the referendum that took place yesterday, Mike. But, uh, and we wrote a lot about this, and they'll tell you if you talk to them that there was concern when the process became so chaotic in June and July and August uh, as the committee sorted through the different proposals and Burns and Mac sort of, uh, Burns and McDonald, the engineering firm sort of, uh, you know, launched its own campaign, and then there were two other bidders. And I do think people were worried then that the voters would be so disgusted with City Hall's method of uh, of uh, advancing this idea that they would vote no. But that that seems to have dwindled for a couple of reasons. First, because not a lot of people are focused on process, perhaps as much as reporters are, and and you know, people close to the to the decision making. But the other thing is. Um, I, I do think that uh, people wanted to make a decision on the merits, and once Edgemore Infrastructure was picked as the developer, the whole idea of a backroom deal or some sort of subterfuge uh, really was taken off the table. You couldn't, as an opponent, run out and say, "Boy, this is a this deal stinks because the mayor cut it in a dark room or whatever." And so that that sort of fizzled as an opponent's talking point. And at that point, again, it was all energy then on the other side. Dave, real quick, can you give the city a grade for how it handled the information flow? We got a ton of questions. Even yesterday, we were we were getting questions that I thought, wow, the information's out there. But how do you think the city did in making sure people were educated? Well, I think I gave them a good solid C, uh, you know, maybe a B minus. I mean, I think they tried pretty hard. And not just the city, but really the campaign, Jamie. I mean, that it's really their responsibility. And certainly we wrote a lot about it again, and the TV stations did what they did. You know, we, we live in an environment now in which uh, facts circulate in the air uh, all the time. And so misinformation is much more possible. Uh, you know, distraction, confusion is much more likely on political issues. That's just the reality of it. I mean, people don't necessarily go first to the Kansas City Star or KMBZ or any one source for information anymore. And so some amount of confusion is to be expected, particularly about, you know, a lot of people don't use the airport. I mean, they just never go. So they're not paying a lot of attention to the discussion. So you got to give the city and the campaign a little bit of a pass for all the confusion. Having said that, if your email box is anything like mine, people were asking some pretty basic questions right up to Election Day, which is always surprising. People were asking Jolie Justice pretty basic questions half an hour ago, <laughs> and the thing passed. Yeah, yeah, people, so. going, yeah the people are saying, well, why, why can't Johnson County vote or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, what, 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 what role will my taxes play in this? Why or, does there have to be a vote uh, at all? You know, just to, yeah, and, and so, and you, it's a little exasperating because you feel like you've answered those questions and you want to point people, did you read this? Did you see this? Uh, but we, we're just in that environment now. I, th- I think that's true of most of most issue-related campaigns, people will have, they don't focus until the very end, and then there are so many different places to get information. Sometimes they can be misled. We'll cover a few other things with uh, Dave Helling coming up on the other side, including the big upset in Kansas City as they've got a new mayor coming their way. It's Midday with Jamie and Wicket. It's 1118 on 98.1 KMBZ. More with Dave Helling from the Kansas City Star. If you missed uh, any of the first half of this interview, it's going to be up at KMBZ.com shortly. Uh, and Dave, we spent a lot of time talking about KCI. Let's talk about KCK. How surprised were you with the upset that was pulled for the mayor of Kansas City, Kansas? Uh, 
surprised, not shocked, and uh, might be largely because uh, Mark Holland, the incumbent who lost last night, actually struggled a little bit in the primary uh, earlier this year, and that was really an indication that Holland, uh, for all his popularity, had made some pretty important enemies in Kansas City, Kansas, and Wyandotte County. I, the fire union is upset with him. Police officers are worried. Uh, you know, taxes continue to be a sort of a, uh, a, a, a perennial problem in Wyandotte County in Kansas City, Kansas. And then David Alvey, who was the opponent, uh, was not unknown in the in the county. He comes from a well-known family, and he was he's been on the board of public utilities, so he has some experience. And that's kind of the classic recipe for uh, for an insurgent campaign against an incumbent, where you sort of stay below the radar for a time, and then pop up at the end with uh, interest groups behind you. And that's what happened with David Alvey. It was not close. I mean, I think a lot of people, you know, it wasn't a hundred votes. It was a pretty substantial, I think it was like a 5.4 or 5-point margin in the end, that's a pretty uh, significant uh, statement, I think, by Wyandotte County voters. So, Dave, I'm always fascinated when one group seems to have a lot of influence on an election. Can you get into uh, the conflict that Mark Holland had with the firefighters and the firefighters union and how that might have affected the outcome here? Well, he he had worked for some time to reduce costs in the fire union. You know, we're familiar with that a little bit on the Kansas City, Missouri side. Firefighters unions are are can be very very um, uh, important uh, interest groups in a community, in part because firefighters uh, typically are very united on issues of concern to them. Um, they know that because the pressure on the fire service from political officials is usually pretty high because the costs are so high. It's about a lot of people, and you have to spend a lot of money. And so firefighters have always understood they need to be re- united in their, in their uh, uh, efforts to influence politicians. And they were not happy with Mark Holland. Holland had gone in and tried to change some work rules, which were always a concern. He was worried about salaries and, and compensation. And, uh, you know, that angered them. And then through their connections with other labor organizations, which still remain important in Wyandotte County, it's a traditionally Democratic county, um, uh, it, it made a difference. And then you add that to the BPU, which is a well-known political force uh, in, in Wyandotte County in Kansas City, Kansas, the police officers who were concerned about the mayor. Uh, again, it was just a recipe for sort of a late-minute surge for the, from the opposition. Was the argument that Mark Holland, that uh, Mayor Holland was going to shut down some fire stations and some departments, was that a little premature? Because I, I think I read in the Kansas City Star that he was taking time to look at some of the analysis, to look at what some of the, the surveys had said. I mean, did the fire department, did the fire union jump too quick? Well, uh, you know, that's a really a decision for them to make in a way. I mean, I, I, the, the reality, Mike, is, uh, again, with the fire service, it is typically true in a political context, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but it's just the reality of it is if you're not with them, you're against them, or at least that's how the fire service often sees it. Uh, and again, that's just not limited to Kansas City, Kansas fire. It's, it's, it's pretty much true across the country because the fire service has such a tradition of united political effort. And so anything that Mark Collins said that was taken by the fire union as, as a threat to jobs or work rules or anything else 
was going to be seen negatively, and they had muscle, and they were willing to flex it uh, through not only their own efforts but other allies in the in the uh, county and in the city. And it may have been that Mark Holland recognized that too late, or thought that his approach would be balanced out by Kansas Cityans who want to save money and like the idea of reining in public employee salaries, and it just didn't happen. You know, very tellingly yesterday, he said, you know, our problem was we did, Mark Holland now speaking, said we just didn't get our voters to the polls, and it's really a turnout battle, and in that situation, organized labor in counties like Wyandotte County can still make a difference, and I think did last night. Dave, I want to move on and talk about a couple of city council races, including the one that, the only one that we really talked about here, which was the Ward 4 race in Overland Park uh, between Gina Burke and Terry Goodman. Uh, For those who missed it, he was the incumbent who had never had a challenger, and uh, she had accused him and had laid out, uh, even on social media, a multitude of texts that he had sent her trying to convince her to quit. How likely was she won the race? Uh, she's a political right. newcomer. How likely was she to have won before all that? And how did that influence the outcome? Uh, well, I think it's clear that uh, she won because of that story and those stories and the social media discussion of Terry Goodman's, what I think we would all agree would be certainly inappropriate efforts to force her out of the race. Um, You know, cities like Overland Park, which have existed for decades as a sort of a go-along-to-get-along community politically, uh, is showing signs of strain. I mean, they've got, you know, like a lot of suburban communities, they've got problems with aging housing stock and streets and curbs and bridges that need repair and and a tax base that may be changing. And and so the idea that you can somehow get the good old boys in a room and this is how you do it and you have to advance up the ranks is just not going to work anymore. And I don't think Terry Goodman saw that coming, didn't know what hit him. I think he's still frustrated that he thinks what he did was appropriate. And, and frankly, the people in Overland Park said, no, it wasn't appropriate. And I think it's clear that she won because of that story. Uh, she, her, her campaign was relatively unknown until then. Did uh, anything else surprise you? I mean, Mike Searpot won the, uh, the the Missouri Senate race over Hillary Shields. I bet she wishes she could have changed her first name for this campaign. Uh, you had the, the mayor race well, in Overland pretty, Park. Yeah, let, yeah, that's a pretty Republican district out there, so yeah. it was always a bit of an uphill battle. Uh, the only thing that surprised me really is that, and this is true across the country as well as in the Kansas and Missouri region around here, I do think it's a dangerous time to be an incumbent, and I think Mark Holland showed that, but the Shawnee Mission School Board uh, uh, races really upended that that uh, approach to education in, in Johnson County. Again, that's, those are races that no one ever paid attention to, and now people are sort of saying, we need a new a new way of looking at things. And if you look down the list, certainly not all incumbents got beat. But they all got a bit of a scare, and I, I do think that people are frustrated with their government, you guys, and uh, and every time they have an opportunity, they make that discomfort known. Now, how do we square that with the airport? I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, the, the airport thing was an overwhelming endorsement of trust in City Hall, and so that, you know, maybe we take a different lesson from that. But I do think, 
you know, President Trump, good or ill, has changed the way people approach their decision-making, and for that reason, incumbents should be nervous. I would not want to be Kevin Yoder this morning, because <laughs> I think that, you know, we just saw examples of suburban voters upset about Donald Trump coming out and voting, and so I think he's still the favorite, but uh, he's certainly going to be looking at his uh, his uh, approach going forward, and I just think that's the lesson that we heard last night, and that I found a bit surprising. Dave, finally, uh, we love elections. We love election night. You, me, Jamie, we all, we all kind of, you know, jones like for Super this Bowl. kind of stuff. What's yeah. What's next? When will we be going back to the polls? Well, there will be a huge vote next April uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, on renewing the, an existing sales tax for capital improvements. And that'll be a big election, and you'll hear a lot of talk about that. By the way, Kansas City has approved in the last year almost $2 billion in new spending for the airport and, and basic infrastructure. That's a hell of a lot of money, as you might imagine. So that vote will be interesting. And then next year, of course, in, in Kansas, we'll have a governor's race, a primary in August, a, a general in November. And, of course, November then will be 18 will be the mid-year elections. Every member of Congress will be up. Uh, Claire McCaskill will be running against a Republican in Missouri, uh, maybe Josh Hawley, probably Josh Hawley. And so, uh, you know, if you're, you know, you're, you're tired of seeing commercials on your TV screen or in your mailbox, you, you get a few months to rest, and then we're back at it again. Is there a, another street cart vote to happen before then? Yeah, I think there's some streetcar stuff happening, but that's limited to the streetcar district. Sure. It's not citywide at this point. Uh, and so we'll want to pay attention to that. But the ones that will draw the most interest, I think, will be uh, the April vote on on, on uh, the sales tax and then whatever else pops up between now and the midterms next year. He is it's Dave. Always, we're always busy. It's a full, you know, the American democratic system is full employment for reporters. <laughs> well, you're never a dull day, Dave. We appreciate the time. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Dave. My pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. Dave Helling from uh, the Kansas City Star. He is on Twitter at DHellingKC, and we appreciate him coming on because I, I, I would agree with, I think it was Scott who said this last week, that there aren't too many guys smarter than Dave Helling that cover stuff in this area. And just has been a part of the community for so long yeah. that there's a lot of history there that even, you know, if you've been around for a little while, Dave's just got it all.